0: Today's episode is brought to us by our Sunday visitor. As fundraising continues to become more competitive and people and technology continue to change, relying on what you've done in the past and gut feelings will no longer successfully increase donor participation, OSV's school annual fund will expand philanthropic efforts and connect donors to your school mission. During the six-week process, OSV consultants will work with your school to determine how best to adapt materials to your school needs. They have made the process simple, so only a minimal amount of work is necessary to begin a school annual fund or improve your current annual fund efforts. Call 800-348-2440 or go to osv.com to get started. Hello and welcome to the NCA podcast. I am Jill Annable, Executive Director for Academic Excellence here at NCA, and we have an incredible uh, show ahead of us here today. I have with me Dr. Betsy Donlin, and um, we are gonna talk about Catholic social teaching and literature, and I'm so excited to have you with us. Welcome. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Okay, so you gotta tell us a little bit about yourself because I was so excited enthralled to hear that you are a convert to Catholicism, but you have spent quite a bit of time now in Catholic schools, so I'd love to just hear a little bit of your journey.
1: Sure, yes. I converted in 2008, and I have been in Catholic education since that time. I'm a wife and mother, and I'm an assistant professor in the School of Education at Aquinas College in Nashville, Tennessee. And this is my seventh year at Aquinas. I teach our literacy methods courses and children's literature, and I also help supervise our student teachers, and I am the coordinator for our literacy center. And prior to coming to Aquinas, I taught first grade, second grade, fifth grade, and sixth grades, all in a Catholic school, and I served as assistant principal and principal.
0: Wow. That is, that is quite the journey. I I want to ask you this is not on the this is not on the script today so I'm not trying to trick you but I want to hear about, about student teachers in this era. How how are the student teachers doing? Um what's been and what's been interesting this year?
1: It has honestly been such a joy and so beautiful to work with the student teachers during such a difficult year. And of course they don't know any different um but they have been Really answering the call to just go above and beyond in finding new ways to connect to their students, because most of them, you know, they're wearing masks and their students are wearing masks, so they have had to figure out new ways to connect and build that learning environment. Um, but it really has been so impressive to me just how heroic they've been in their flexibility and just openness to what it means to be a teacher. That it might be teaching through zoom, it might be, you know, using all different kinds of platforms and many of our student teachers are in a hybrid setting so they're in person, but they also have a lot of at home learners so adjusting to that has really um, been a challenge, but I've been really impressed with the student teachers we've had at Aquinas they're really doing a great job.
0: That's great. I, you know, and and looking back to the last year, it's been incredible to watch how first year teachers and student teachers they have really, um, maybe, have been less affected because it's not just we're all creatures of habit, and I think over time you just you envision the school year going a certain way, and uh, yeah, it's 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 exciting to see the next generation of of teachers among us. So that's great. Thanks for doing that that work too. all right, so we got to talk about Catholic social teaching in literature um, and really as an integration throughout content areas in Catholic schools. Um, as a former teacher, I loved uh, referring to the seven themes of Catholic social teaching from the USCCB website. I felt like that was an approachable wording of Catholic social teaching for my high school students. Um, but in your session, so I want to, I guess I need to frame this a bit. Um, At NCA 2021 Ignite, Unite, Inspire, our big event of virtual this past year, this past spring, you had a great session on this topic. And that's why you're here with us today, is that people are very interested in this topic. How do you integrate um, talking about Catholic social teaching as you teach literature, as you teach fiction? And um, it was funny, I didn't even tell you this, Betsy, but on the day that we first spoke and said, hey, yeah, you should come on the podcast, I then had a principal approach me and said, hey, I I know the event, you know, that we have people still watching sessions from from convention because they're still available until July 8. And so she said, by name, she said, I just saw a great session on Catholic social teaching and literature, and I think I'm going to use that, have all my faculty watch it. And we are going to use it to map out our scope and sequence for liter- specifically for which books and which Catholic social teaching they have. And I thought that is funny because I'm going to have I'm going to have a doctor, a doctor on the podcast. So very, very good timing to have you um, to have you with us. Um, how did it go recording your session? Um, and have you done a lot of work in this area?
1: That is so great to hear. Thank you for sharing that. I have been teaching children's literature for a while now and um, specifically with Catholic social teaching because I also teach our social studies methods course. And so a lot of our students take both of those classes. So it's nice the integration, um, but the piece about how can we integrate Catholic social teaching into the children's literature that we're already using or if we're not already using books that we could or should be, how can we adjust our curriculum? It's just something I'm really passionate about and it it just brings me a lot of joy. I think most Catholic teachers would say, yes, I am incorporating the themes of Catholic social teaching, but then when you look at the nitty-gritty, how is my classroom structured day-to-day? What does this look like? Um, in specific lesson plans or how i differentiate or what we talk about how we discuss a text i think there could be more intentionality there so that is kind of where my session came from and we also did a webinar on this topic um, through aquinas so just trying to push teachers a little bit like you're already using these themes but how can we be more intentional in discussing them with students and then hopefully leading students to think through them themselves um, and bring them to every aspect of what they're studying.
0: Yeah, no, that, that's great. And I think, you know, as a, I remember my first week as a high school, Catholic high school teacher, it was, or I guess before I started, it was very um, evident that I had, you know, I had to incorporate Catholic social teaching into what I was doing. But how I was doing it or how I was accountable to doing that was a little fuzzy. You know, I wasn't quite sure um, where I was going to be intentional, but um But I think that is pretty universal. Um, This is very approachable. The seven themes of Catholic social teaching are... are easy to understand at my high schoolers could could pinpoint things and they could start pointing out where they are seeing this or not seeing this in the characters um, that we are studying. But I'm just gonna I'm gonna go through the seven. I want you to tell me, I guess the next question I'll give you time to think about it, is which is the most difficult for teachers to integrate? And you can talk about any content area you want. Um, But which ones do you have to be more intentional about? Because it's maybe not going to come up naturally in conversation. Okay, so our seven are life and dignity of the human person, call to family, community and participation, rights and responsibilities, option for the poor and vulnerable, the dignity of work and the rights of workers, solidarity, care for God's creation. Um, What comes to mind with difficulties teachers have had? Sure.
1: Yeah, I think. In general, it's important to just keep in mind that these, because these themes are already existing in our school day, but we're just trying to bring intentionality to how we talk about them or how we um, make this more meaningful for students, that none of them are hard to integrate. It's just um, how can I take what I'm already doing and making it richer? So I would say the the themes that maybe can have some barriers sometimes would be solidarity or maybe dignity of work and the rights of workers. But I think just starting with how can I model this for my students? So for solidarity, how can I model even at an early age for students how to speak up and act on behalf of others? And this happens all the time in a school setting. So just modeling that, you know, for you as an adult, but then leading your students to do that as well. And then incorporating children's lit. So I love, I tell everyone to start with Ruby Bridges and um, it's really simple text in terms of text complexity, but the discussions you can have around it. And there's a little movie of the story of Ruby Bridges also, but a lot of the themes connect. So if you're using Ruby Bridges to kind of teach about solidarity you're also talking about life and dignity of the human person. And for me, that's all of the other themes are around that first one of dignity of the human person. And for us as teachers, asking ourselves daily, how am I celebrating the dignity of each of my students? And it's it comes down to even the details, because if you're celebrating their dignity, who they are as people created in the image and likeness of God with beautiful gifts to offer, then you're differentiating, you're giving feedback in a different way, you're praying for your students in a different way, you're listening to them, you're present to them. So it's beyond um, how we talk about the social justice themes, it's beyond the literature we're using, but just who you are in the classroom. I think anytime it feels difficult to integrate these themes, just returning
0: back to what can I do as a witness for my students. That's incredible. You said so many good things. I want to highlight a couple of them and then and then ask you a couple more questions about it. But, you know, I think if we all came about what we teach and why we teach it with the thought of Christian anthropology, you know, that we are all um, here with purpose, I think that I think that it does the work of the church. And I, you're talking about um, modeling Catholic social teaching, but I think also naming it. So when you see it, when you see students living this call in in any of the seven to say, hey, what you just said there, that's solidarity, you know, or or whatever it might be. I think that's really uh, great teaching moments that you can't write into a lesson plan. But the more we are entrenched in um, in this work, which we see in Catholic schools, and we encourage everyone to just dig in in this way, um, we get a lot further. So that's great. I want to hear more about these titles. I was so excited in your session. You were talk- talking about Chrysanthemum and some of my other favorites. Um, which books? And we can talk. So now we're going to talk about probably a lot more children's literature than, um, than my time as a high school teacher. But um, what titles come to mind? What are some that you should have on everyone's radar?
1: Sure, yes. I tried in my session to use some books that teachers are already using, like everyone loves Kevin Hinkes, so I love to bring in Chrysanthemum. So taking the books you already use or the ones that you love to revisit year after year, and then, like you said, drawing out what themes are we seeing in these texts. What I love about children's lit, I've never met a person when I tell them that I teach children's literature who says they do not enjoy it. Everyone loves it, so even adults. Um, and I think we can really use that as an access point, so even middle schoolers and high schoolers can be exposed to the social justice themes through even picture books, so never too old for a picture book, but some of the titles I love, I love Last Stop on Market Street, it's really popular right now because it won both the Newbery Medal and the Caldecott Honor, and um, I, in my classes, I use A Long Walk to Water by Linda Sue Park. And it, um, it's based on a true story of one of the Sudanese lost boys who ended up um, coming to America and starting a foundation that installs deep water wells for villages that need clean water. So I talk with my students who are gonna be future teachers about not only how they could use a long walk to water with their future students, but then how could you structure, not just reading the book, but a whole unit around this and how could you integrate social studies, language arts, all the different standards that we're required to teach, but going deeper with what does that mean for us as Catholics. Um, I also love Esperanza Rising um, by Pam Munoz, Ryan and, Um, I've used that for my children's literature class, but again, that's another one that can be easily integrated with social studies or the social justice themes. Um, I have used the name jar about a girl who came to America from Korea and is worried that no one will be able to pronounce her name, which is Yoon Hae. So her classmates all write down different name ideas for her and they leave them on her desk and she looks through all of them and then she decides in the end that she wants to keep her her name because it means grace so i think it's important for for teachers yes in your text selection what books am i choosing how are they bringing out truth beauty and goodness how are they showing virtuous characters but then also what will i do with this text what
0: discussions can we have around it So many great titles were mentioned in your session and now, and it just, it reminds me of the work that teachers do throughout the summer. You know, you kind of look at that lesson plan book for the next year, you decide which titles to go with. And, you know, I was always a planner, so I could always tell you which curriculum standards I was aligning it to, why, which projects, which assessments and all of that. But it's a great exercise to have your literature in front of you alongside the Catholic social teaching and just try to map it a bit and say, am I intentional? Do I lean too heavily where I am interested, where God's calling me as a person, as opposed to the range of what we're called to do um, as the Catholic Church, can I hit all seven? You know, whatever challenge you want to give yourself as you're trying to be intentional about your text. You know, so often we love to teach the books that we love, but that isn't necessarily what students need in that moment. And it's also a changing landscape of um, there's constantly new titles for us to vet through. Um, our students read faster than we do. So trying to put hand, the things in their hands that do embrace uh, beauty, truth, and goodness, as opposed to what secular culture wants them to say is good and right, is really challenging for teachers in Catholic schools um, and as parents. So what advice do you have as um, as teachers and as parents? We have to continuously read and stay up on, um, on what's out there, or maybe some guiding questions. What comes to mind of you, as you vet through titles?
1: Sure, yes. This is constantly, especially with my oldest child who's in third grade, that I, I really can't keep up with everything that she reads. So selecting what type of books do I want in my classroom library or home library or our school library, um, some of the questions, I mean, obviously, the does this book give a clear example of truth, beauty, and goodness is... Um, the good that's in the book portrayed as good and evil portrayed as evil, things like that. And I love um, Daniel McInerney's concept of children's literature that um, children's literature is about an adventure into a golden world in which innocence is fought for and achieved. And We always watch his lecture in my children's literature classes um, and he goes into a lot of detail and examples of different golden worlds that exist that are examples of high quality literature for students, and you can see examples and non-examples of some of our current texts, and it's hard, um, but because we can't keep up with everything our students and children are reading, it's really important to teach students to judge for themselves if a book is high quality. So, teaching them some of those questions that we've just asked, but also just is this an example of high quality writing? Does this text give me opportunities for meaningful discussion? Or is it once it's over, it's over and there, there wasn't really a meaningful story to it. Um, can I apply this to another context or connect it with another text that I've read? So those are some kind of things in early grades you would need to model, but then as they're, they're older, they can do this on their own. And, and even my daughter in third grade, she can start to distinguish stories that can really stick and then something that is just kind of surface level.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I found the same thing with my children. We just devour books around here. And I there are moments, though, where in the moment you think, okay, I'm just going to ask the question then. So you say to your young child, like, "Ooh, that character, you know, I don't think that was a good decision or. Do you think this is what we're called to do? I mean, we can ask all these great guiding questions and learn from, you know, even if the author is portraying them as the hero, um, some main characters in some of this children's literature isn't so great, you know? Uh, you kind of, you know, you see, say, you see the same thing with television that's aimed at children and and the types of characters that they're portraying, but... Um, it would be great then you know at throughout the ages for them as students as young adults as children to look alongside um, what does this mean for me as a Catholic do you think this my my uh, fourth grader likes to have this conversation with me like do you think this character's Catholic <laughs> and so that's kind of a fun way to do it um, because she knows what we believe and what what we stand for and uh, I don't know it's been a very easy guide as we as we talk about stuff but um. Yeah. And, you know, what Other you know, we've talked about social studies. Can you see other connections to other content areas with Catholic social teaching or to push maybe some cross curricular projects um, as you've worked with student teachers and, and other students? What kind of work have you seen in these other areas?
1: Yes. I mean, definitely the seventh theme about care for God's creation. There's an obvious science connection, but I tell my students, no matter what grade level, in your planning process and of course when we get our students some of them have never written a lesson plan before and then they're building up to the student teaching semester and they're writing them all, all the time but in the planning process yes ask yourself what standards and what activities what assessments will i be using but then challenge yourself how can i incorporate children's lit and then from there high quality children's lit and making sure it's a text that's worthy of our students and worthy of their formation and um, how we're forming their moral imagination, even early on, just the things that we want them to think about. And because with children's lit at all ages, even adolescent lit, it stays in their mind that they replay it like a movie. So we want to make sure whatever image and whatever movie we're, we're kind of sticking in there is something that's high quality.
0: Yes. Oh, absolutely. And just surround them with characters so they can learn from is is incredible. I'm wondering, um, you did a great moment in your session for us. Um, again, all, all participants can still access um, the NCA 2021 sessions. And so you can look for hers where you talk about writing about literature. And this is my other passion is having all of that assessment and all of that writing to be very meaningful And, you know, what types of questions you're talking about, moral imagination and other things, um, you know, talk to us a little bit about different projects or different guiding writing questions that you think are universally adaptable um, as teachers navigate. How do you build something that is an assessment that isn't just regurgitating and summarizing what they read?
1: Yeah, I think there's a beautiful opportunity in writing to really get to know your students more than maybe you can in a whole class discussion or just in general conversation because, and of course we see reading as breathing in and writing is breathing out that they go together and they flow from one another. So you're learning about their reading comprehension, but beyond that, what are they seeing in these characters? If it's a fiction text that they're writing about, are they asking themselves, how should I live my life? You know, like you were saying about your child, is this character Catholic? You know, what um, what kinds of things are they pursuing? And what do I think is worth pursuing? What do I think leads to fulfillment? Those kinds of things. So in their writing, we start to see, are there gaps in where I'm leading my students through my literature instruction? Um, I think a lot of times we can learn a lot, even from simple compare and contrast of characters. So if you do encounter a text that maybe doesn't have a virtuous character and then you do a compare and contrast, let's compare that character to Lucy from Line, Witch and Wardrobe or something that you draw out. What is the difference here? Instead of just saying, this is is an example of virtue and this isn't, but what is it that we're noticing? and sometimes just those open-ended questions can be the best opportunities to learn where my students are. And then in your feedback that more than just how did they do with their grammar or sentence structure, but how can you ask those probing questions go even further about what did, how did this character respond to that moment of suffering? Things like, you know, kind of more pointed questions so you can lead them in that way. But Um, Another thing we've done for our student teachers at their second placement for student teaching, they do a virtue journal, and they're themselves focusing on a different virtue each week, but they lead their students to do that as well. So they might pick perseverance or forgiveness or something like that, and then they, they work on it themselves, but they teach their students examples. So even in young children, I had a student teacher who they were working on forgiveness and she taught her students to not only apologize, but also say, please forgive me. And this was at a kindergarten level and the other child to say, I forgive you instead of saying it's okay. And so just little moments like that of drawing out the virtues, it's a teachable moment. So we can see that in their writing or just their classroom day-to-day interactions.
0: Wow. That, that is a very, that's an incredible example. Um, because we want, at the end of the day, it's our it's our responsibility to partner with families um, to prepare their children for the world, but also for sainthood. And I think if we if we have the virtues rolling off our tongue, and we can start to recognize that in each other, and you know, and in what we're reading, I think we're headed in the right direction. Um, and you it, it just remind me, too, that teachers are always learning. Uh, future teachers and current teachers, the more we write, the more we're thinking um, as adults. And I think that's very important as writing teachers that they are writing and reflecting and they're modeling that for their students, which is something I, I deeply believe. Um this has been an incredible conversation. Um, do you have any final thoughts or things you were hoping we could share um, about your work or about your involvement in Catholic education?
1: I'm just grateful to be here. Thank you for having me, and um, I'm just passionate passionate about finding that just right book for every child. So going back to the belief in the dignity of of every human person, We also believe there is that just right book for every child. So don't give up all teachers. You can find that just right book.
0: Yes. All children, all adults are readers. Um, You're never allowed to say, oh, I'm not a reader. I don't like to read. Maybe you just haven't found that book. And I think that's the journey of our teachers. Um, So thank you for that encouragement for them. And to just keep at it, I think it's discouraging sometimes um, for our writing and reading, our literature teachers to be up against secular society and trying to find good, um, titles and to handle things in the right way. And so, um, our, our teachers are constantly in my prayers as they navigate those waters and do what they can in every moment to support families and the Catholic faith, um, thank you for being here. I really enjoyed this conversation. Um, Thanks for being open to this and for your work in providing a session for us for NCA 2021. Um, Again, participants can go back and watch those for uh, a few more weeks. So we hope you are doing that until July 8th. So thank you. Have a great day, Betsy. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. All right. That's all for today's episode. See you next time on NCA Podcast.